it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. Business Beauty Network is now on YouTube. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel at Biz Beauty Network. We plan to bring some awesome content along with bonus episodes and our weekly podcast episodes to the Biz Beauty Network YouTube channel. We hope to see you there. Hey, hey, welcome to the podcast. It's a new day, a new week, and a new episode of the Business Beauty Network podcast. Welcome, welcome. Happy Monday. I am super, super excited to share today's episode with you. I have my pumpkin spice latte right here next to me. It is officially October, the last quarter of the year, one of my favorite seasons. And I'm just super, super excited about this season that we are in. This is very exciting season. I love the holidays. I love the fall. And I got some awesome things coming up in store for the podcast and just in general. So yeah, I'm super, super excited, but make sure that you are subscribed to the Business Beauty Network podcast, wherever you're listening. And if you're on Apple, leave us a review there. It really helps us. A five-star review definitely helps us for sure. So make sure you connect with us there. We're also on YouTube as well at Biz Beauty Network. We share some of the live interviews right on YouTube. So you can subscribe there as well. Follow us on Instagram at Biz Beauty Network, and you can follow me at I am Brandy Taylor. Share with me how you're enjoying the episodes tag me, share in the stories. If you know someone who would benefit from this content, definitely share, share, share. Sharing is caring. Now that all of that is out of the way, I am super, super excited to share today's interview with you. I had a great conversation with Kaya Wright. She's an Emmy Award winning celebrity stylist, and she's worked with some of the big names in the game. I love that she was down to earth and she just really shared her journey and how she just took chances and stepped out on faith and really made this thing happen. And it just really inspired and encouraged me. And I think it'll encourage you as well that anything is possible, you know, just believe and get out there and show the world what you are working with because you have something to offer for sure. But I, I really was inspired by her interview. I think you will too. And I've read her book and she has a phenomenal book. From Beauty to Business, The Guaranteed Strategies to Building, Running, and Growing a Successful Beauty Business. I think anyone that's in the game can benefit from this book. She shares her journey and some great tips for building your brand and your business. So without any further ado, let me share her bio and let's get into this interview on today. Kaya Wright is one of the most sought after hairstylists in the entertainment industry. Kaya, a multi-Emmy award-winning celebrity hairstylist and beauty authority, has created the industry's most sought-after hairstyles for celebrities such as Tyra Banks, Jennifer Hudson, Haley Berry, Sierra, Gabrielle Union, Taraji P. Henson, Laverne Cox, and more. When Kaya is not creating the hottest red carpet looks or styling the industry's top celebrities, her work can be found gracing the pages of magazine covers such as Vanity Fair, GQ, L, InStyle, Essence, and Vogue. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview, and here it goes. Hey, hey, welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Brandy Taylor. We have an awesome guest today, Kaya Wright. Welcome, Kaya. 
Hey, hey. Look, I see my little face coming in over here. <laughs> hey, how are you, Sandy? Nice I'm to have you. Great, great. Super excited to have you on the podcast and talk to you and learn more about your business and all the awesome things you're doing. But before we get into that, tell us something about yourself that most people would not know. Oh, what would people not know? Um, well, probably let's think what people don't know. Um, that if I wasn't a hairstylist, I would probably be in management. I really like management. You know what I mean? Like, like what really type of management? Like managing artists, celebrities. Like I probably would do something like that, but I probably wouldn't have d- d- discovered that until I was a hairstylist. You know what I mean? But just working with celebrities and just kind of understanding and knowing what a celebrity or a star looks like. Like I'm very familiar with it. I can, you know, I can tell by, you know, work ethic and, you know, how you put your best foot forward. You know what I mean? As a, whether you're going to be a star or not, you know what I mean? Because star mm-hmm. quality, you know, is, 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 uh, is very uh, prominent when you work with an artist, like you can see it right off the start. So I probably would be in management if I wasn't a hairstylist. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And I'm sure, you know, being that you work with a lot of celebrities, that's something that you picked up on and you can kind of see that in different people for sure. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. So tell us your beauty story. Like, how did you get into this industry? Oh, man, I started around. I've been hairstylist since I was about 14 years old. So I used to sneak people in my basement to get their hair done. And my mom would be like, girl, what are you doing? I would be getting in trouble the whole bit because she would be at work and I would be sneaking them in the house before work or whatever to do their hair. I was trying to make money so I could buy my little clothes, go to the, you know, go to still go out, hang out with my friends, put gas in their car, whatever. I was trying to do all of the things. So I was sneaking people in. So that's really how I started. And she was like, you know what? I'm putting you in hair school. And sure enough, she put me in hair school. My mom passed away like right after that. I was 14 years old. So I took up hair as a trade first in hair school. So I paid $150 for a kit. And then I went to school for three years. I took it up as like a trade. You know, they used to have carpentry, electrician. They used to have um, biology. And hair was like a biology class or whatever. Um, Hairstyling, cosmetology school. And that's how I I started, just really bringing people over, sneaking people in and doing their hair. And then that sort of evolved. By 17, 18, I was graduated from high school and I was working in the salon. So that's how I started, started. (laughs) So it sounds like your mom, you know, saw something in you and she pushed you to pursue that career for sure. Easy. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. She, um, I was sneaking people in. I was getting in trouble for it, girl. But I was like, look, I'm making money, lady. <laughs> so she definitely put me in that hair school. And that's really how my career started, even working in the entertainment side. Because right after my mom passed, um, I was still in D.C. and I met Puff. And I met him at probably like 18. And I started working with his artists by like 20. I probably, no, I met Puffy probably like 22. And that's when I was about to move to New York City. And I just decided to move. And that's how I started working with celebrities, just hanging out, you know, hanging out. He was going to Howard, doing parties down here. And then that chapter of my life started. So I was started out as a just a, a hairstylist locally, doing the drug dealer girl's hair. And those <laughs> were my girls. Those were the girls that were my stars. Those were my celebrities at the time. Then from there, 
I moved to New York at like 22, 23. And then I started working with Puff's artists. That was Mary J. Blige, Faith Evans, Total, 112, Kim, Little Kim, you know what I mean? So that's how my career started, you know? So like you said, you met Puff with like hanging out at a party or something. Hanging out, girl. Wow. Hanging out. We go back far. And he was going, because he used to go down to Howard a lot. So um, he was, I think, from my from my knowledge, either he was attending Howard, which I think he was, but he was also a bit of a socialite, you know what I mean? Throwing parties, things like that. So I hung him just on a, I, I met him just hanging out. And a lot of my friends went to Norfolk State. So he used to go down to Norfolk a lot too. So, you know, it was just like he was starting bad boy records and I, it was timing, you know, timing is everything is timing has played a huge part in my career too. You know, living in New York city, him starting bad boy records. This was like the beginning of bad boy, like the very beginnings. <laughs> awesome. So it seems like you had a pretty uh, great start now starting off like right out of high school you know, do it here. Do you say by the time you were in your tw- early 20s, you headed to New York and you met Puff and all these things. Did you struggle any during the process of building your career as a stylist? Like take us through like some of the things you went through. Like was it an easy transition moving from D.C. to New York at that young age? And now you're doing celebrities like kind of take us through your journey. So I'm in I'm in D.C. and I feel like I'm just getting you know, I'm, I'm doing I'm doing my local clients in D.C., but I just felt like I had outgrown that space. And my desires has changed because now I've gone to New York. And once I moved to New York, I met this girl who owned a salon called Go With The Flow. And that salon, I literally like did learned that like met everybody because this salon everyone mike tyson came through there queen latifah came through there puff came through there like everybody was coming through this salon so she was like you know what you should you should move here you should work here and you know at first i was i was just really just commuting we every weekend every other weekend i think it was every other weekend no it was every weekend i was traveling in new york and i was like i should move here and sure enough I moved there in like four months. The salon had got, so the, how I got there too, what made it so welcoming was the salon had gotten robbed. And once they got robbed, people, a lot of people were afraid to go to New York, you know, to go to that salon rather. And they put 11 people, I think they put like nine people in the bathroom. And when they put in the bathroom, you know, when they were getting robbed, people were scared. And then boom, here I come, New York City. The timing couldn't be better. They, the girl had left a huge clientele. I started working there, gained this huge clientele out of nowhere. And because I was very, I was very popular in DC. I was a big stylist there. So this was like the perfect transition from DC to New York, you know, and I just built, I was there every day and she was just throwing me clients the girl who was there who was she was there from I think Virginia had moved to New York it scared her crazy so she never came back and left this huge clientele so my timing just was everything you know what I mean that's played a huge part in my career as well you know same thing in LA you know unfortunate situations happen to be situations that were beneficial to me 
they had the salon, the guys who were doing Aaliyah had jumped off the Beverly Center. One had jumped off the Beverly Center, one had died in a plane crash with Aaliyah. Those two guys were there and it was like three people, like two on the plane crashed with Aaliyah and then one guy jumped off the Beverly Center. Look at, you know what I'm saying? The timing again, fell right in my hands. You know, I went in there and just swept up a little bit of a clientele. It was slow. It was slow because people had to gain, you know, I had to earn, you know, credibility. You know what I'm saying? People had to, to earn their, their trust. You and how know? did you do that? How did you market yourself and build it? I just sat there every single day. And to me, you know, first steps first is you got to look the part. You know what I mean? You got to look the part when you, you know, I'm here, I'm in LA, it's this beautiful, sunny town. Um, and I just came in every day. I was cute. I dressed up nice to come to work and people naturally, you know, you're being judged automatically. People don't realize that when you look at anyone, even yourself, anyone, when you look at someone, you're judging them on how they look, where they could live. Da, da, da. It's like little things that you kind of pick up. And I think that, you know, the owner of the salon has started to feed me like one client here, one client there. And before you know it, I was doing everybody. And I just remember Angela Bassett walking in. That's, I had an agent. And um, that was another thing, too. You know, just starting out, you want to make sure that you have an agent, someone that, you know, you want to make sure you build a portfolio for your work. Back then, we had portfolios. Now, you guys have. Instagram. I remember. <laughs> so crazy, like how things have changed. Like, Instagram is your portfolio. You right. see, on Instagram page, you got it. Back in the day, you had to have a book with your pictures scanned in, beautiful copies. You know what I mean? And you wanted mm -hmm. to make sure that you got in like magazines and things that were credible to your career path so that you could show off in your book, your portfolio. Um, so that you could get an agent to represent you so that you can get more work. So that's basically what I did back then. I had an agent and uh, she encouraged, I said, I'm moving to LA and they, you know, and once I moved to LA, and that started to give me a little clients here and there. And I just remember that first celebrity client, Angela Bassett, walking into my salon looking for me. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, well, because, you know, L.A., people walking around like regularly going to Whole Foods grocery stores. It's like nothing here, you know. And um, sure enough, she walked in there. She was looking for me. And that was my first. She was on What's Love Got to Do With It. Mm -hmm. The promotions of what's left at her and Lawrence Fishburne. And I end up doing grooming for him and I end up doing her hair. And that's li literally how I started doing more celebrities here in New York. I was already working with a lot of music artists, but in LA, I started working with a lot. Of, I put myself in the environment and go back to that question you asked. I put myself in the environment where I didn't have to work so hard. And I've always done that. I want to work at the hottest salon. I want to be around the best stylist, you know, and, and that is and, and that's a recipe for me to me for winning. If you put yourself right in the environment, you ain't got to look for it. It's right there. So right. that literally, if you want the real formula, that's how I start. I always go in the mix. I don't want to be outside of the mix. I don't want to be in a suite with the door closed. I want to be in the mix. So that's like really, that's kind of my formula. That's how I always start. And same with New York, DC, and LA. I did the same thing. When I was in DC, I wanted to work at the hottest salon. And when I went, because then you're going to get the leftovers. 
And once you get them leftovers, it's a wrap. You got to do your thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Then I went to New York, same thing. I got the leftovers. I got the people who were just hanging out there like, oh, I need my hair done, but nobody was there to do it. Boom. I was right there. Perfect timing. So you was hungry. Most people nowadays are not hungry enough to do that. Oh, I'm Get the leftovers and learn from the best. Oh, yeah. And I was good. You know what I mean? Like I had, I, they had trained me to be fast, to be uh, professional. And, you know, it's just really the environment you work on. You learn what, what's going to make you better. You learn what's going to get you good tips. You learn if you're paying attention. You learn from your peers watching. I could watch you from afar and I could learn everything you're doing because I was good at cutting, styling, coloring, weaving. I was just good. You know what I mean? I am good. <laughs> now you work with you've worked with a lot of celebrities. And so how did you know how to price yourself or did you struggle in this area at all? Like, you know, tell us like what it's been like, you know, working with celebrities and pricing yourself to build the successful brand you've built up so far. Um, did I know how to price myself? Well, when I first started. I, you literally, you just kind of go on what everyone else is doing. Like, what are the blow dries? What are the haircuts? What are, because you got to kind of fall in line, you know, what everybody else is doing. You can't just bust out and do what you want to do. You kind of got to fall in line. And that's what I did. I just, you know, sort of followed the pricing of what the salon had. So what were the stylists charging? What were the haircuts charging? What were, I just went along that, those lines. When I moved to New York, I was ready because DC had already prepped me. You know, I worked with the best. They had picked on me, helped me with speed. I went from commission to booth rent, you know, worked on my own. I was like 19, 20, 21. And so I really created a nice foundation, you know, know how to balance the clients, always have an assistant. I had assistants since I was like 18, 19. You know oh, what I mean? Wow. So you want to have an assistant so you can maximize. That's number one. How do you maximize if you're shampooing, braiding, blow drying, answering the calls, being a receptionist, everything? You want to set yourself up like a business from the beginning. Like even if you don't have the knowledge, you want to get you a mentor, work with someone who's better than you. And naturally, what are you going to do? You're going to learn. That's really my formula. Work with the best. Get there. Figure it out and just grab a little bit of that template from them. You know, that's really how you start. Don't be afraid to work with the best. How are you going to get good if you just working with yourself in a suite? Mm-hmm. The salon business is dying. It really Why is. Why do you think that is? Because everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. But they don't have the business of beauty. <laughs> that's right. why I wrote my book. Because right. people don't really understand the business of beauty. And you have to really, you, you want, I think I, I had already started out understanding the business by being independent very early on. I was just so independent. My mom had passed away, but she put me in hair. She left me with one little diamond. She put me in hair school. And from being in hair school, it really just, I was just, I was self-made. I went, I was like, I used to see these guys walking up and down Georgia Avenue, like with spandex on, neon outfits, uh, privates showing through the neon. I'm talking spandex bodysuits, like, and they would be like neon. And you'd be like, who, what is, what's going on? And they were like famous. David Dior, Dyke, Benny, Guy, like they were just like 
they were fashion um, designers meets like hairstylists. They were just like a group of like uh, rat packs. Like, you know what I mean? Like they were like just so nomads. That's what I would call them. They were just like out of here with their creativity and their minds and just fun and everything. They would just be like, if, not just walking up the avenue, just like maybe going to the store or something like that. You would catch them walking. I'm like, who are these guys? They were just crazy. And, and so finally I went to the salon and I'm talking like it was this sort of makeshift salon. They, I mean, literally they took the walls that were like, um, they were like old seventies, like that wood wall. They took cardboard and, and put them all like cardboard huge like 11 by 14s and, and and staple gunned them to the walls all the way around and, and spray painted them and they were just super creative and I was like I want to work with them I was 17 years old and I was like I want to work with them and I started out as like I wasn't even an assistant I started out doing hair straight out of hair school bought me a so it was a car dealership it wasn't a dealership it was a mechanic right next door I'm straight out of hair school 17 I just graduated and I was like I'm gonna go next door, give me a car. I didn't even know how to drive. I it was a stick shift. And I went in there and I called my friend and said, hey, could you teach me how to drive? Because I gotta get to work. And <laughs> she taught me how to drive one night in a parking lot. And sure enough, from that moment on, I had me a car. I started working and I just learned and I just sucked up everything. You know, my mom had passed away. I was by myself. I had to figure it out. You know, so I think that is what really encouraged and pushed and gave me that drive to just want to win. And when I was making like by 18, by 19, I was making like literally almost $1,500 a week. Like, no, I was slow as hell. I was there all day, but nothing else mattered. Like it wasn't about hanging out with the friends. It wasn't about like, cause DC was popping back then. Drug deals was out. People were spending money. It was the 90, 80s. It was the end. No, it was the 90s. Yeah, it was the 90s. It was early. It was late, mid to late 90s. That's when I started. That was the best time in the world. And when I moved to New York, Puff had just got bad boys. So that was the best time of my life. So for me, timing has been everything and putting yourself at the right place with the right people around the right people. Hey, everyone, it's Brandy. I hope you're enjoying this podcast as much as I absolutely enjoy bringing this awesome content to you. Look, beauty professionals, this show is for you. And I want to make sure we can continue to bring our awesome guests and awesome information to help empower the beauty community all over the world. You can help by doing your part in making a small donation. You can check our link in the show notes and donate right on Anchor, or we'll have another link available for you to do so. Thank you so much for supporting. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you're sharing it as well. As always, stay great. So let's talk about from beauty to business. Yes. Right. Let's talk about that. Yes. Now that's yes. your book that you have. And <laughs> yes, yes. And I have mine here as well. Yes. So but let's, let's talk about it because you have some key principles that you share in this book. And I want you to share like a, like a, a few things from each of these principles that I give you out of the book. So I love it that the first principle, Kaya, is develop a success mindset. So how do you develop a success mindset? It's like, you you know, every day, like for me, it was about, I just want to make, I had a goal. I had goals. Now that I'm thinking back, 
like when I wrote this book, it's really organic because these were sort of the steps. And it was, and even when I wrote with someone, my ghostwriter, Shirley, she literally, like, I was so impressed with how they put it together because that really was the start. Developing a success mindset. I've always been like this. I told you, I started at 14, mm -hmm. sneaking people in my house to do their hair. You know, my mom used to lay on my, on, on, I used to lay on my mom's lap before she passed. I just remember arching her eyebrows. She'd be like, follow this line right here, get everything right here. And I would lay, she would lay on my lap at like 14 and start plucking, I would be plucking her eyebrows. And it's like, when she passed away, it was like, she put me in hair school. So, and I wasn't really the best student when I first started. I was like missing days in school. I think I was lost. I was a young kid. It was, you know, I'm with my grandmother, not really, you know, a lot of guidance. You know, it was like, you know, dating the drug dealers, like doing a drug dealer girlfriend's hair. It was like, you know, but I was, I felt like I was raised. I was confident. I was, um, uh, 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 I wasn't a green type of kid. I, I, was, I was savvy. I was, I had the street sense, you know, and I think that's really where it started for me. Just, you know, that mindset was just, it was programmed very early on. And sometimes life circumstances really do uh they go hand in hand with that you know i think it was it, something i think my next one was do you have the right uh, uh entrepreneurial dna you know because it's been in my bones it was i was made for this i always say god chose me for this because you know how it started out it didn't all it didn't have to go so well you know when my mom passed i was just kind of like out here you know, I'm 14. My mom had an aneurysm. So she like died right in my face. She like was having an argument with my aunt. I'll never forget it. And she just like passed out, like right in my face. And um, as a kid, you don't even, I was so strong, you know, very early on. My mom was very tough on me and you never, and I, I think that's like, like a, like a, it was just like a, almost like a gift from God, her instilling that strength and toughness in me because when she passed, I was ready. I was ready. I was ready for entrepreneurism. I was ready for, because she, she made sure that I was confident with, with, with confidence. You can do anything with confidence. You can speak, you can speak up. You can, you know, do things that you would never even dream you could even do with confidence. So I think that's really the start of it, building uh, a strong level of confidence, you know? What do you as think he would say? now looking at all of your success that you've had? Um, when I look at it now, I still feel like I'm not there yet. <laughs> I'm still not there yet. I've made money. I've made millions. I've worked with the best. I've worked with tons of celebrities, but I'm still not there yet. I still have some ways to go. Um, like I always tell people, my goal is to become like the Paul Mitchell texture hair care. You know, uh, we don't have that in our world. Most celebrity stylists don't even have their own brand. Rianne Silva is probably one of the first to have her own brand. You know what I mean? And the woman who did uh, Beyonce way back in the day who did QVC. And I think her name was, it begins with an M. I can't think of what her name is, but she was like one of the first to do QVC, to have her own brand. But it's not very common for celebrity stylists to have their own brand because you're constantly, you know, with the celebrity, you know, you're behind them with their brands. So you can't do a brand and be running with your celeb. It's very, it's impossible because you'll neglect your own brand. So that's what's, that's what's sort of next for me is to um, 
really work on my brand, my personal brand now, you know, me uh, becoming, bringing a lot of my stuff to, a, to the forefront, to the forefront virtually, you know, that was something that I really realized during COVID, you know, that you can't just physically be there anymore. What will you do when you can't physically be there? And with hair, you need to be there. It's not like you can do your hair, someone's hair from the house. But, you know, that was a start, like, to really show me, like, you really got to make this thing virtual. So, yeah. Well, you talked a lot about diversifying your income in the book. So share some tips for that. Did you did you end up diversifying it more during the last two years since we had been down for a while and all of those things? For me, it was a natural progression to, to, to diversify my portfolio, my, my income portfolio, because you just it's like you outgrow yourself, you know, like you start getting more bills, you start wanting to upgrade your home, you start wanting, you want a new car, you know, in New York, I didn't even have a car. So when you move to LA, naturally, what you got to have, you got to have a car and it's sunny outside, you're spending money, like everything starts to change. So then I, I brought on, I wanted to become an ambassador. I was like, I want to be an ambassador for a corporate brand. I started hearing about other stylists, like white stylists being ambassadors for brands. And I'm like, what does that do? So I started out and I, I just desired it. I started out with a desire to want it. And, and that was because, you know, when you work with certain people, because you know me, I want to be in the mix. Um, you start to ask questions and you start to say, well, I can do that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm great on camera. I'm nice looking. I can speak to the camera and to the people and I can sell things. So, you know, you're saying this to your mind, your consciousness, this is just living there. And now you sort of put it in action by just asking, asking questions. And I knew that, um, you know, I wanted to be a brand ambassador and it, it, out of nowhere in my life, it happens like this. Um, a woman called me named Shana Claudio. I'll never forget it. And she asked me, she worked for uh, Procter & Gamble. And she worked for a, a beauty brand in Procter & Gamble, which was the color line, Clairol. And she said, they're looking for an ambassador. Would you be interested? And sure enough, that's how that started. That's another stream of income because now I'm an ambassador for Clairol, the brand. And it started out with like five figures. I was just a social media person. This is when social media first came out, like Twitter. And um, this is probably like, I'm talking like 07, 08, 09, 10, and 2010, like um, somewhere in those years. And I started doing a little social media for that. Then the next year, they upped the rate. Then they upped the rate. Before you knew, I was making six figures. 13 years later, I done moved to three brands at Procter & Gamble. One, because I represented their brand properly. I wasn't showing out on the gram, nasty pictures, crazy stuff. Like now people are doing way more crazier things on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And people consider those things when you're representing a corporate brand. Who do you want to show up as? Who is that person that you want to show up as in the, in the, in the world, you know, as an entrepreneur? Because you're putting it all on Instagram. So naturally, you're going to be judged. I think I mentioned that very, very early on. So mm -hmm. you want to think about it like, I'm going to be representing a brand. Who do I want to show up as? And that's what I've always thought when I, you know, put myself out there. Like, I don't want to be showing two nasty pictures or cursing all crazy and da 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 because people won't see you as a brand. So I learned you know, early, like, all right, I want to be a brand ambassador. So now, and then after that, I was like, you know what? I want to start my own line of Muse Hair products, you know? So then I started out with this one, a hairspray. <laughs> I started out with a hairspray because I knew that every woman, 
every person, woman, guy, whoever, um, they go for that last look, you know? So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm gonna call my hairspray, last look hairspray, because I don't, everybody goes for that last look. And I thought about residual incomes from that, but then I had, because I kept extending my deal, they wouldn't give me um, exclusive. I, I couldn't, I had to, I was on an exclusivity. So when you're exclusive, you can't talk about another brand at all. Mm-hmm. And that went on for years because I was traveling on the road so much. That's money, like free money in the bank with a very little small commitment. You might have to do 10, 15 posts, you know, throughout Mm -hmm. your yearly commitment. But that meant I couldn't promote my brand. So every single year I kept putting my brand on the back burner so that I could promote their brand. But meanwhile, I had this hairspray that I couldn't promote for the first two years. You know what I mean? Like I didn't, so I, did, I had to learn. What did mm-hmm. you make the shift so that you could? So I didn't, I kept going with making money because every year I started out making like 15,000 by the end, I was making six figures. Mm-hmm. How could I turn that down? But yet then you got Jennifer Hudson is doing dream girls. I bought my house. I had made so much money off of, off of, off of working with Jennifer Hudson. She went from American Idol to dream girls. You know how much work we were doing? Mm-hmm. I was on the road. I was traveling. Then from there I was, you know, before that I was with bad boy, you know, I was just on the road and I couldn't give up that thing. I loved, I was traveling all across the world. I, I you know, and I love what I do. So when you do this, I never, I I didn't understand the world of doing your own product. I didn't come from a household of entrepreneurs and understanding business and things like that. I had to learn every single step of the way on my own. Each direction was, was successful. Me being on the road and becoming a celebrity hairstylist in a totally white world. You know what I mean? Then I wanted, then from there doing my product line, then I end up doing television. I work with Tyra Banks. Then I end up winning two Emmys. So that's another stream of income. Television, working in the salon. And now I got a product. Then from there, I said, you know what? This hairspray is not really making me a lot of money right now because it's exclusive. Now I need to do products, which is hair extensions and wigs. So then I did that. You know, that became a six-figure brand. So, you know, that you know, and I've only had that brand probably for five years now. And that, you know, I did pretty good, you know, up until COVID that really slowed things down a bit, but that also helped me coast a little bit too, um, because people were still buying wigs because they wanted to do their hair virtually for their Zoom calls. Mm-hmm. So now you got four streams of income, right? And so that was, that became the formula because all of these streams of income, they're going to spread you out. So that means now you're only going to be able to do what? You're going to be able to give a percentage. If you break it down a percentage, you're going to be able to give certain level of percentages to each of your choices. You know what I mean? So that means 25% being in the salon, 25% selling products, 25% of you is going to be working for a celebrity, you know, doing a TV show. Another 25% of you is going to be, then you're going to be an ambassador. Then I had to add another one. Then now it's freelance. Mm-hmm. Just doing house calls and doing things like that. Like, so that's like five streams of income right there, you know? And that became like the formula, like, okay. And then that made me decide, think about my tax structure. 
because you can't get taxed all the same way. I had one company and I was putting everything up under that one company. And that's a big, that's what really inspired me to do the book because I was like, people need to understand about taxes, mm-hmm. business knowledge. I didn't know nothing about that stuff. What's a 1099? What's a 941? What's a, you know, quarterly tax? Like, I didn't understand any of it. A 1099, like a W-2, a w, like, what is this stuff? <laughs> and the first few years of my career back in DC, I wasn't even paying taxes. And that's how I got to lean on my account. So I, it was a $35,000 bill that turned into an $80,000 bill eight years later because I had not paid that bill in full. Mm-hmm. And so those are the things that made me just be like, you're just like, you guys, you're making all this money, but you're not being smart. And that's what inspired me to really put to write this book because I was like, it's so many stylists out there that are not being smart as it relates to setting their businesses up from the beginning. You know what I mean? Like three years ago. What advice would you give, not to cut you off, but what advice would you give someone that is like trying to get where you are right now? They're trying to work with celebrities. They're wanting to build multiple streams of income. They're doing here. What advice would you give them right now? Take the steps. Take the steps. Get into hair school first. Work with a group of stylists so that you can learn. Don't be afraid to put yourself in an environment where you're a little bit uncomfortable, like a white salon, like I did. Um, and I'm not saying it has to be a white salon, um, but you definitely want to put yourself in an environment that takes you a little bit out your comfort zone so that you can learn and be good. And don't just, when I say find your niche, that doesn't mean find one thing you do well, like putting on a lace front wig and doing baby hairs. No. <laughs> You have to be able to do it all. And I'm talking about when I when I teach at the beauty schools, I say the first steps first, master the shampoo bowl. If you can't master that shampoo bowl, you don't know what the hell the hair should feel like to get it to look beautiful and bouncy and shiny without you putting oils and topical things on there. You should be able to do that with nothing on the hair. Shine should come up from a good blow dry. Shampooing should get that hair cleansed, bodyful, and it should feel hydrated. You know what I'm saying? When you blow dry to bring up that shine, you should know how to steam treat that hair. You should know what textures of hair require, what type of shampoos that you use, because it still is about hair care. And hair care is what's going to keep you in business for the long term, not just doing these temporary hairstyles like that you've learned on Instagram or saw you know, from just looking at books or magazines, you want to be able to understand the fundamentals of hair, the theory of hair, the biology of it, you know? So to me, that's the best start and be good. We going you're going to be a celebrity hairstylist. That's nothing. Be good. Spend the first five years being good. That's my tip. Awesome. Thanks so much for sharing. Kaya, I feel like I could talk with you all day. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Everybody say that. So but, yeah, but thank you so much for sharing. I think you've shared quite a bit of knowledge. Tell everybody like how they can f- connect with you and find this book and all those things. So you can find my book, From Beauty to Business. Ooh, here you go, From Beauty to Business on uh, Kaya Wright One is my Instagram. You can always find it up in the link. Uh, in the bio. And then you can always go to kayawright.com. Everything's there from virtual consultations, appointments, uh, Muse Hair Beauty, which is my uh, product line. Uh, everything is there. And on um, uh, YouTube, which is now I'm really focusing on YouTube. And it's Muse Hair by Kaya Wright. 
Awesome. Kaya Wright, everybody. Uh, thank you so much, Kaya. It's been great learning more about you and all the awesome things that you're doing. I wish you continued success in your business. Kaya Wright, everybody, make sure you check her out and follow her and get that book. As always, stay great and we are out. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Business Beauty Network podcast. Please subscribe and support our podcast. Please share it. Share it with your friends and family. Also connect with us. We want to hear from you. Leave us comments. Let us know what you're enjoying about the podcast. Also email us at bbnetworkpodcast at gmail.com. You can also connect with me on Instagram at I am Brandy Taylor and at Exquisite Looks. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at Exquisite Looks. And you can check out my website at exquisitelooks.com. I really hope to hear from you and connect with you soon. Remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.